Hi, Black Hollywood Live fans. Today, we are talking Paul Walker, Empire, Suge Knight, Dre, and more on Justice is Served. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Live's Justice is Served. Hello, Justice fans. Thanks for joining us again. My name is Chelsea Galicia, and I am joined by my co-host, Shaka Smith. For another episode of Justice is Served, we've got stories from three stories from Hollywood, two stories from around the country, and one from around the world. Mm-hmm. Nice uh, variety of things to talk about today. Let's get started with Paul Walker's um, death lawsuit. It has now been two and a half years, yeah. right? So since he died in a crash in a Porsche that was being driven by his friend. Uh, There have been two wrongful death lawsuits filed against Porsche. One by the widow of the driver, Roger Rodas, and one by Paul Walker's daughter, Meadow. And just recently, this last week, the case by the widow got tossed out by the judge. Did you understand why the judge didn't think that this case had any merits? Yeah, it it seems that what they alleged, for the most part, regarding the injuries to Roger Rodas and why he died, uh, the judge found there was no nexus between um, Porsche's, the what they were claiming was the problem or the cause of the death and the actual cause of death. Right. So even if the the case was able to prove that the Porsche had a design flaw, mm-hmm. it would have to be proved that that design flaw itself was a cause of death. Exactly. So in this case, there are three main claims. One is that the Porsche was not designed to take like a side impact, but the judge said that Roger Rodas didn't die of the side impact. The fatal impact was a forward frontal um, impact. So that was one. Two was uh, the suspension of the car, whatever claim that she had made the widow, apparently the judge didn't see really evidence of that. Exactly. And then the last one was about the fuel cell. Yeah, the fuel cell and the fire that um, was caused. And But of course, Roger Rodas did not die of the fire. He died of the impact. So this looks like it could be bad news for Meadow Walker's case, except for I think the difference is that Paul Walker, as I understand it, survived the initial crash and he died because of the fire. Yes. And so we have slightly different circumstances and that one may lead Paul Walker's daughter to be successful where Roger Rodas's widow was not. Yeah, they'll have to look into the the fuel cell and whether there was indeed a design defect and if that defect um, caused the fire. I think still it's somewhat of a long shot. Yeah. Are you on the same page? Yeah, because I I recall that they were driving at a high rate of speed, and it was, for the most part, it looked to be driver error. Right. So. And because of driver error, it seems to be legally the thing that makes most sense is for Meadow to sue the estate of Roger Rodas. Mm -hmm. Uh, We know that the two were really good friends, Paul Walker and Roger Rodas, and it would seem, I don't know, pretty difficult for Meadow to go and sue Roger Rodas's family. Well, she, she certainly may be able to sue the insurance and maybe uh, maybe recover some remedy in that sense. So Yeah, it would still look to the media, at least, it would look like... You're suing a friend, yeah. Yeah, but and you're right. In reality, you're suing for benefits from the insurance company. Yes, not the person. Well, hopefully, you know, they'll decline to sue um, that family. Right. Or because if it went beyond the insurance policy, then it might cash might have to come out of whatever's left of the estate if it is beyond whatever 
whatever the coverage is from that insurance. So I don't know. That's a tough call. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. With these kind of cases, sometimes I think it's enough to say there was an error that was made, no lawsuit needed, awful tragedy, but let's move on. Yeah, we'll see if that's what ends up happening. Yeah. Speaking of moving on, the judge in one of many uh, lawsuits against the Empire TV show has tossed out one of the cases. Yeah, it was John Astor White um, had a claim that uh, King Solomon, this um, show that he has, had been ripped off by Empire. Uh, however, what he was not able to establish was that they actually saw King Solomon or that anyone, you know, cast or crew um, actually had any knowledge of this show that he had had. So that was a critical element when you're proving that. Well, I, my understanding is that the guy, John Astor White, thought that somebody else had connected it to Lee Daniels or somebody. And so he didn't directly show the treatment, but that somebody else did. It was a long he, shot. Yeah, and he also, wasn't able to prove it. Had he proven that, he might have had a very strong case. And the judge kind of ripped apart the specific similarities yeah. that he claimed were so similar. Yeah. The one that was like really ridiculous is that he said that the youngest, um, the the youngest child in Empire and the daughter in his show were both of feminine, gender-like qualities. <laughs> yeah. And. So that was just one of sort of more ridiculous claims that the judge is like, are you serious? Yeah, with in this? Empire they have a gay character, uh, and I think referring to that in that sort of uh, anachronistic term terminology did not sit well with the judge. Right. So that one is out. Uh, we'll see if any of the other ones end up sticking. Yeah, certainly if they can show that they they actually knew and read a treatment, that that's going to be very powerful. But until that happens, it's gonna be, it'll, be, it'll be very difficult to uh, prove a copyright issue there. Yeah, probably not going to happen. Yeah. All right. So apparently, you know, Suge Knight is, as we know, sitting in jail. He's not having that great a time in there. I don't know if anybody does have a great time in there, <laughs> but he has had more of his rights revoked than most um people sitting in jail do. So, for example, he's not really allowed phone calls or visitors except for his attorneys. And in a uh, court document to try and get back some of those privileges, he lays out this accusation against Dr. Dre saying that he conspired with the L.A. Sheriff's Department to kill him. Mm -hmm. That apparently that whole thing that happened at One Oak. Yeah, I lived just down the street. There was that shooting in One Oak about two years ago. Yeah, in 2014, yeah. right before the, the, grand, BMAs. the BMAs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Suge claims that uh, there was a, the sheriff uh, let the guy in. Yeah, was it Deputy but, Boyd? Yeah, but I, I don't know, how, how does that mean that Boyd knew that this was the guy, he knew he was carrying a gun? Well, what they're contending is not only did Boyd let this guy in, but that there's video footage at LAX of this deputy also helping um, the, the shooter escape and flee. How... How does it show? A, how does that video show somebody helping escape and flee? I mean, does the guy not have the right to fly? Well, if the if they have proof that Deputy Boyd let him into One Oak, and there's also video of Deputy Boyd at LAX letting you know, escorting this guy to a plane, then that's going to be uh, pretty damning. However, no, the video has not surfaced. They're just claiming that video exists. Gotcha. Okay, and apparently the guy who did it has admitted that Dre paid him and a friend 50 grand yeah. to do it. I, I don't know who this guy is or what kind of 
It, and apparently they, they're, they're saying after he was arrested, he was let go by the by the deputy by the sheriff's department, and then later on, um, Officer Boyd went and uh, went and helped him at LAX escape. Of course, uh, Dre is saying these charges are ridiculous. These accusations are ridiculous. So we'll see where it goes. I mean, the lawyer is alleging a lot of very um, specific evidence he will have to produce. Yeah. So when you say you have a video. You know that video is going to have to be shown. I mean, it's all very interesting. Yeah. Reads like a soap opera. It's like yeah. We'll see how much of it turns out to be <laughs> real life. All right. So from around the country now, so there, a domestic violence victim was just found not guilty for murdering her abuser. Mm-hmm. This is always a controversial issue if, as to whether abuse sort of is a defense to yeah. murder. So in this case. We're talking about a 24-year-old woman who um, had been subjected to her boyfriend's abuse for years. Yeah. One incident, including like being strangled with a belt in front of their own child, yeah. and she had tried breaking up with him, and he kept he was stalking her, and he showed up someplace, and she backed her car sort of into him and pinned him against yeah, a wall or something. Yeah, apparently he ran after her and he's on the hood of the car. And so this was during the, like he was assaulting her further when this happens. And I think that's important to know, um, while domestic violence is never, it, it's never a good thing, you cannot just go murder the, murder the um, abuser. But there was no cooling off period in this in this particular instance. I mean, I, I'm almost surprised that it, there wasn't... Um I mean, because there was self-defense, it seems, in the moment. Exactly. Um, But it seems that the real theory that allowed her to get off was just knowing that their relationship was so uh, dangerous and physical that this was appropriate in light of their relationship. And I think it made it more plausible because, you know, her allegation is what she says happened is that he he ran after her. um, She's in the car. He's on the hood of the car. And boom, a crash happened. And she doesn't really know. It happened so quick, she couldn't really kind of yeah. detail specifics, which would sound initially a little sketchy, but I think the past history of abuse made that a lot more plausible. And the interesting thing about this story is that this involved a black woman. And statistically, yeah. when black women claim abuse as a domestic violence abuse as a defense, it does not go as well as often as it does for non-minority women, so that made this one at least. So it was, was a it was a victory, but she she was in jail for quite some time. Three years. For three years, she had a hung jury the first time. She's on a million dollar bail, which I which I still don't understand because she has a child, a young child. She didn't seem to be like a flight risk, uh, so that was just kind of a, a. And it didn't seem like this was something that she might you know repeat again. Yeah. So that it was a tragedy in of itself to have the bail at high and have her in jail for three years while you know the the first hung jury and now again. But at least she's out now, so. So it goes. All right. And now a disturbing story, another one involving an officer shooting an unarmed, well, maybe this guy was not quite unarmed, I yeah. think at the time. Well, he yeah, with unarmed at the time. Uh. So we're talking about a Texas story where a, an officer comes into a, a hotel after being called of reports of a guy shooting or aiming a rifle out of a window. Yeah, so it it turns out he had, he was there. He exterminated. He was an exterminator, and he would shoot these birds with these kind of like a rifle-looking pellet guns. 
Uh, and so he was he'd gotten drunk with a couple of friends in his room and he was showing off this gun in his room and shooting different things outside or pointing the rifle outside. So obviously bad behavior, a, a little intoxicated. The, the police get called yeah. and they ask him to, to come out of the room, which he does. At this point, he realizes that there's you know he's in trouble. So they have him crawl towards the police guy. This is uh, Officer Philip Mitch Br- Brailsford. Yes, and they have him crawling to, towards him. And apparently, as he's crawling towards the officer, there's a, a, a person on the ground from another female that had also to crawl towards the officer as they were getting them out of the room. And as he's kind of moving around the purse, the officer believes, or so he says, that he might have been reaching for a weapon and, you know, opens fire on this guy. After he's asking, please don't shoot, please don't Begging shoot. Begging to not be shot. Yeah, and he's intoxicated at the time, so he he's not necessarily understanding all their commands. Um, some officers on the scene said that, you know, he didn't. He appeared to be intoxicated, and may not have understood exactly what they were saying, but that he definitely said, "Don't shoot." And he's on his, you know, he's on his knees at this point. And the officer who shot him said that he appeared to be reaching towards his back or something, yeah. where he could have pulled something out, but there was nothing on him. Yeah, and I think it's 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 just a case of an kind of a gun-happy officer. So one of the things the officers are in kind of in trouble for, he had an etching on his gun, and he also had an etching on the holster of, of his gun, which you're not supposed to do. You're not supposed to write anything on it. And I believe it was one of the phrases that he had etched in was, come and get it, was what means come oh, and get it. Oh, yeah. And another phrase that he had, it said, you're fucked. Okay. Uh, yeah. And so, wow. so it already shows you that mentality well, that he was. Speaking of, he know. is quite fucked. Uh, he's uh-huh. been charged with second degree murder and, of course, terminated from the police department where he worked. Um, second degree murder sound like a fair charge? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think when you have an officer that does this and he, he's holding out his gun and, you know, his uniform as a badge of pride in terms of killing people. That's a problem. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so speaking of disclosing officers' names, yeah. there is uh, you know, a big story that you know now it's the beginning of 2016 or already we're like in the second uh, <laughs> quarter of it. But the numbers from 2015 are out that 990 people were shot and killed by police. The vast majority of them were armed people. And... In some of the cases, they release the officers' names, but in many cases, they don't. Yeah. It varies by... I believe it was like one in five, they don't release the officer's name. Right. Uh, and it, it varies by state. Yeah. And the question comes down to, you know, we want police transparency. Absolutely. And so victims' families want officers' names released. And the police officers want to protect their own identities from people who would be mad that they, you know, shot somebody and could come after them, and so they fear for their safety. And this yeah. whole, you know, debate, no matter what state um, we're talking about here, it's all trying to balance... Officer safety with, you know, public good, exactly. Right. But once you decide to take on the job of a police officer, I think it should come with the territory, if you shoot and kill someone, it's going to be disclosed. That, that should just be standard. That you shouldn't... And I don't... I don't know how well-founded it is that these officers' lives will be in jeopardy once it's disclosed that they've shot and killed someone. When you're a member of the police department, you have protection, you know? You have resources that ordinary people don't. If you and I were to shoot somebody and kill someone, our names would be everywhere. And so I think in order to truly be transparent and regain public trust, that needs to be a national policy. 
Yeah. Dash cams should be revealed, you know. Yeah. These police unions, though, are really uh, involved and really powerful, and they have fought for delaying the release of the names or releasing them only in situations where the officer has been charged. Is that a fair middle ground? Let's only release the name if the officer has been charged? No, I, I don't think so. I think it's important to know, like, an officer's history, whether it's disciplinary conduct, regardless of shooting and killing someone, I think all of these things should be made public, and I think you'd have a better... Um, in general, in every city and state, better police departments. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Okay, and so now the big story from around the world. We got through this so fast. <laughs> all right, so I don't know if you have all heard of these things called the Panama Papers. Yeah. They've come out, and I think you're going to hear a whole lot more about them in the coming weeks and months. Yeah. So I want to lay down the foundation now of like, what are these things and why do they matter? So a whole year ago, a massive amount of data, I don't even know how much a terabyte is. Is it yeah. a million gigabytes? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so 2.6 terabytes of information. This is much larger than the the wiki leaks. Yeah, that's Snowden leak, yeah. Right, this is m much more massive. Far more massive, yeah. Was released data from a law office mm -hmm. in Panama. Mm -hmm. This law office, um, Mozak Fonseca, specializes in creating... Havens, yes. Yeah, and shell corporations, a corporation which really doesn't do anything, it has like no people involved, it has no employees, doesn't provide a product or service. It's really just to... Hide the money of the very wealthy. Exactly. So they set up offshore accounts for clients and they were sent a lot of business from like the big banks. To, to do these things and it's not illegal to have offshore accounts but it generally tips suspicion of tax evasion exactly money laundering some of the people that have these kinds of accounts are mafia members people involved in the drug cartels things of that and, nature and that's why you, you kind of have these to avoid paying taxes you know right so this leak somehow occurred it's not well known that the data from the law firm went to a german newspaper mm. like a year ago so it's like 11.5 million documents that people have spent a whole year sifting through to see who is named as being associated with or involved in any of these kinds of accounts corporations things of that nature and it turns out that there are a whole lot of world leaders businessmen celebrities um, all named, either named specifically or their very close associates or uh, wives even. Um, one situation for the Prime Minister of Britain, it was his father that um, was named as having such an account. And so this is having huge ramifications around the world, or at yeah. least people are having really uh, dramatic responses yeah, we, to the corruption. We had the resignation, yeah. Right, so Iceland, the population was up in arms about this, a massive protest, and the prime minister stepped aside because yeah. he was named as having some, uh, had an account. And I read this morning that the, there's some sort of uh, Department of Transparency in Chile, and the president of that transparency department <laughs> was forced to resign after he was named in this. So 
Um, it'll be very interesting to see the reaction from around the world. So far, you know, Putin was named, or, or one of his like very close friends has uh, had some kind of account that about $2 billion has gone through. Of course, Putin and his people have said, this is ridiculous, uh, has nothing to do with us. This is just, he called it Putin, I don't know how to even pronounce it, Putinophobia. <laughs> He's trying to say that people are just, I guess, want to be afraid of Putin, and so they're saying these ridiculous things about him. Similar stories from uh, people in the Chinese government that have been uh, it, accused or shown of. of so almost reminds me of that Heidi Fleiss case, you know, but on a global level. Remember, every prominent person in Hollywood was very nervous about that leak. Yes, yeah. yes. So I mean, there is uh, names from you know Pakistan to Argentina to I mean just. So many countries, yep. so many leaders. A soccer star was named in there. So a lot, a, a lot of people, and we don't know everything because we, it hasn't all been released yeah. to so, us. So yeah, time will tell. Right. So the first question that a lot of people have is, why aren't we seeing any Americans named in there? Mm -hmm. And the couple of reasons for there not being any are kind of interesting. Number one is because there's other places besides Panama that are apparently better to do this sort of thing. British Virgin. Yeah, the Caribbean is really. Yeah, Cayman Islands. Yeah. Uh, and so Panama is just not that Not hot, the hot spot uh, for <laughs> Right, not, a, not since like the 80s or something. Yeah. So that was one reason. Another reason is that a lot of global organizations, well, let me take that back. One global organization that I know of and other countries that I know of have accused the United States of being a tax haven. Like if you uh, open up a corporation from Delaware, Nevada, that it gives you a lot of privacy yes. uh, rights. And so a lot of people are doing this kind of thing right here. Yeah. And so that's another reason why Americans haven't been named. But the German newspaper who has all of this information hasn't just let the all the information out they're letting their own stories about it come out now and they've said they haven't released anything and when asked about Americans they said just hold on there's more it's exciting huh <laughs> it's a little exciting <laughs> I, I, I you know I'm I'm big on this corruption thing in yeah. fact I leave tomorrow morning to DC to participate in March and sit in at the Capitol regarding anti-corruption uh, legislation that you know we're trying to get um, pushed through we'll see this is a bipartisan effort so I, I think I'm you know, a big fan of cracking down on it here and abroad, and I think something like this that shows how pervasive it is absolutely uh, is uh, is good to, for something for all of us to get behind and and crack down on. Because I don't know of many people, except probably the people who have these accounts, that think that this is fair that people are being able to stash all this money away, not paying taxes on it, and then a lot of the programs and education. Um, roads, infrastructure, all sorts of things suffer, and people are like, well, we, we don't have the money for it, but the truth is, it's all hiding out offshore. Yeah, and I think the people that even do it don't think it's fair, but it just is working in their favor. They found yeah. the laws, yeah. and they're able to Just pull like it you off. have the guy, the Minister of Transparency, so I think you might see some people get caught up in that kind of double speak, you know? Yeah, so it's going to be really interesting. Stay tuned for that because I know that there's going to be more developments on that and we will bring them all to you as well as any breaking legal will, news. Will you be calling in live next week to, to detail? Uh, we can see. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll see. And, and I'll definitely send you a picture if I get arrested. <laughs> oh, yeah. this, if this your may, phone is not confiscated. <laughs>
this will be the first time that I would ever see the inside of a jail cell. Hey, so. well, sometimes social justice and change requires a little sacrifice. Exactly. <laughs> I th- that, that sounds like a perfect reason why you should come join oh, me. Oh, not at all. <laughs> not my sacrifice. <laughs> a sacrifice. <laughs> well, hopefully it won't get to that point, yeah. um, but I'm excited to participate in it That's anyway. awesome. All right, so I will not be here next week. Uh, Shaka will be, and then I will be back the week after that. And we'll have Shannon, correct? Yes. Yeah. Shannon yes, Myers. yes. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of Justice is Served. Don't forget to tweet us at Chelsea Galicia. Um, at Shaka Strong on Instagram and Twitter. And feel free to download us on iTunes or rate us five stars. And comments, please. Thanks, guys. See you next time. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagramming, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host owner and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.